everybody. Welcome back to Keto's Black Alliance. Happy New Year to everyone. The start of 2023. Um, my name is Keita. This is my whole podcast of doing the Resistance Book Club, sorry, Resistance Book Club, as well as the Tea Across the Galaxy. But for today, I am actually going to be doing a book review of the art of the High Republic as well as the High Republic Starlight stories. So stay tuned, relax, and enjoy the book review. All right, so let's get to it. Finally, <laughs> I was finally able to finish this. So this was really, 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 really good. I definitely loved all of the art the concepts, everything. I love the interviews. I love what they had to say, how, they, how the Luminous project of the five architects, how that came about. I love how they talked about um, how they come up with a lot of the characters, how they dived into the anything is possible. So definitely this is like a must buy, a must buy. And kudos to Kristen Baver for doing this because it's not often, and I know Star Wars do do a lot of concept art, but I really love how it's dedicating to everything that was put into the phase. The phase one as well as for the next phase two. I'm pretty sure we're going to get another one for the phase two, so I can't wait for that. Um, and I definitely love, obviously, is about the art. So how they came up with early concepts to the final concepts were amazing. Um, and as far as life for Kristen Baver, her writing is impeccable. I love that intro, and we'll talk about that. Um, there is a forward from Kathleen Kennedy. That one was beautiful, but definitely like her, the way she just talks about it is so fluidly, and it's beautiful. Like it's beautiful writing. She took care. She handled it with a lot of care. Um, all the way down to the very end, you know, it was no pages or no art was left like unturned. She definitely did the research and pretty much was, it felt like she was there for everything. Um, from day one, all the way to where the, uh, when they was supposed to originally release the High Republic, you know, during the whole pandemic and um, and then to the final launch of it from the, to the next year in 2021. And also the interviews with a lot of the artists, color, color art artists, um, illustrators, to the publishers, um, like Michael Siegelin, and then you have McKaig. Um, who else? Aaron Dito, 
his collaboration with um, ooh, Kevin Scott. And also there's another, Charles Soul. He does have a collaborator and I am so gonna blank out on, on the guy's name, I'm so sorry. Um, but there's just so many other artists in there and just the way they talked about it, it's just, I'm happy that they were able to do this. I think this was definitely <laughs> what they wanted to do since they were fans of Star Wars. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. So let's get into it. Now, I went ahead and marked, as you can see, I marked a lot of stuff in here, but I do wanna touch base on a couple of things. Like, like I said, Kristen Baver definitely has beautiful writing, a knack for writing. Um, and just the way she wrote the intro has set the tone for the book, especially getting into the Stellan Geo's character and how that came about. Um, one of the things that I have wanted to read in here. So she goes ahead and says, this is how beautiful it is. She goes ahead and says, the golden age of the Jedi in their defense of the Republic in its glory days, categorized by gleaming white robes ascended in literal gold, is not without its battles. Although this Jedi order is still centuries from the fall, wait, sorry. Although this Jedi is still centuries from the fall from grace that will see the peacekeeping force users become generals in the Clone Wars, they still struggle with defending against attackers while remaining in the light. And some lose control in their dance with the darkness. The lifelong quest for balance in all things can be interrupted and upended by emotional attachments and feelings of love or seething hate. And I thought that was so beautiful because it definitely shows in the phase one how there were definitely some attachments, feelings, I want to say, and just the characters just trying to navigate through that because they're not supposed to have that. That's the whole point of being a Jedi is to have no attachments, but it goes to show like it's very hard to switch it off when you have grown fond of your master or master to Padawan or just in general, just another, uh, a non-Jedi out there. So I thought that was very beautiful. And yeah, it can, um, you know, a person can lose control with the darkness. And I think that goes with certain characters, definitely the ones that they have uh, in the book for these uh, concept art that are kind of tipping into that path or so maybe or maybe not. Maybe for some, they will be able to come out of it. I feel like there are certain ones that will have a hard time and will be tipping the lines to that darkness. Um, also, she says, the ultimately, 
the Jedi are far from perfect, even in their prime. And that's precisely why they resonate with us. They are Wookiee, Enduros, Human and Twi'lek, and countless other alien species from around the galaxy. They fill the forest like a song, like the sea, and in countless other interpretations, echoing the multitudes of religion and faith in our own world, bound by similar architects, yet divergent. They are the best of us, striving for unity in an imperfect galaxy, buoyed by hope, even when they feel crushed by the weight of the world and its unfairness. They are relatable in their humanity, individuals in search of connection and empathy. And that also goes to what some of these characters that they have, you know, the concept art um, in this book, especially for, um, so you have Ram, Ram Jamorman, and he's just struggling because of the amount of loss that he suffered at the Republic of Valo and trying to navigate it. So he goes ahead and talks to Reith, Reith Silas, and they both have this understanding with each other. And that is such a beautiful thing. Like you should be able to talk about it. You have to talk about it. Um, but it's definitely shows that the Jedi are just human. They're not just peacekeepers. They want to be able to roam the, roam the world with nothing much more than just peace. But I think they were waiting over their heads when they just thought that everybody loves Jedi and everybody don't love Jedi and what they stand for. So I really thought that that was beautiful. And then also how she touches on the different types of species because there was a time where anybody who was force sensitive becomes a Jedi. And I know that they have species in uh, the original trilogy, but they didn't shine any light on the ones that were there. It was just mainly just the human force sensitive, you know, set of Jedis. And lo and behold, they have like all these different types of species. You even had a Wookiee, you had Twi'lek, you had a Trandoshan. So that is a beautiful thing. And again, they all feel the same thing. And I think that is the moral of the story is that all, not just human, all beings have the same emotion, have the same beliefs in a way on how they have attachments and non-attachments with certain people um but yeah I think that just I think what they did was that they really took what they couldn't do in the original trilogy which was set in the 70s you know up until now now it's like oh no we got full range of just being able to do anything and that just probably because it was a different time in the 70s than it is now. Now things are a lot more open and we're starting to become a different type of normal where anybody can do anything or become anything. So I thought that was beautiful. 
Um, the last part in here is in a time of uncertainty, fear, detachment, and despair, the High Republic in its grandeur is a reminder of togetherness, idealism, unity, and hope. And as Padawan Bel Zedifar tells himself while trying to do the impossible during the attack on a Republic fair on Valo, the message we must carry forward is this, we are not alone. That is beautiful. I love that. That whole section in the introduction is, uh, it's like a chef's kiss. Um, but yeah, she is right. It's a reminder of togetherness, the idealism, the unity, and the hope. When you get to the Republic of Valar, um, the Republic Fair on Valor, I'm sorry, that was like the game changer. And that was in the Rising Storm. Obviously, it was that in the Race to Crash Point Tower. So let's not forget, like those two is is pretty much connected. Um, but obviously the rising storm is like the border scope of the Republic Fair on Valo. So you have that, and that was like the game changer. That was that was letting people, letting the Jedi know, like you guys are not invincible. But the funny thing is, it's like, they were, the Jedi are like, we know we're not invincible. We never said that. So why are you still attacking, attacking the people? But the stakes are high and you have, they, or I should say the Jedi have to save, you know, try to save the planet, save the world, you know, save Valo and they were, they had their backs against the wall. But again, it also shows that the Jedi are just regular people with regular emotions, just trying to navigate it one minute at a time, process it one minute at a time. Sometimes you can't even do that. You just got to keep on going. So the survival is there, but also coming together not with just the Jedi, but with the people. The people are what helps survive the attack, survive the, the turmoil of the Nile. You know, it's, it's so crazy because even when you get to Midnight Horizon, that even shows like, oh no, they was really trying to break us apart. Now we really have to come together. The unity has to come together. We have to find that hope so that way we can take them down. So definitely this here, this whole introduction just sets the tone of what is in that whole entire phase one um, from the light, light of the Jedi to uh, the comic books the adventure comic books, as well as the regular um, uh, High Republic comics, and even the Eye of the Storm, even Tempest Runner. Like, don't don't sleep on Tempest Runner. I know a lot of people like to sleep on that and think that that was just like a throwaway book. That is not a throwaway book. I promise you, that's not a throwaway book. And 
then you go all the way to the last book, which is The Midnight Horizon. And that just solidified like, oh, okay. Like shit just got real. Like shit is really getting real. And even with the eye of the storm, it was getting real, really real. And they can't, you know, they can't lose. Like they just got to pull it together and try to figure out a solution. But it's also good to see that we started off with a phase one that just kind of knocked it out of the park with tons of action. Um, Stakes were high. They held no punches. And kudos for Kevin Scott. Like, he just do not care. He's like, yep, I am going to take this person out, take this person out. And then even so, like Charles Soule, I'm surprised he only did one book, though. Because Light of the Jedi was such a great beginning to phase one. But yeah, I was surprised that he only wrote one book out of that whole phase. But nevertheless, he didn't pull any punches. So I'm, I'm very proud of all five archetypes because they really just went out of the coloring box, if you want to say and just threw everything in there and was like, man, is this going to work? Is that going to work? And even with the illustrators, the colors, you know, color artists, the cover art, all of them, they just played with it. And then whatever stick, if it really falls through, they're going to keep it. And I love that. And that's what it shows in this book is that you should broaden your mind put it out on paper and you know if it works it works if it doesn't move on but keep it to the side maybe it will come back maybe it won't and that also goes to show with starlight stories is that the those were characters side characters like these were characters that like in one of the books and maybe not in one of the books but they wanted to keep them because they had a story to tell. And I thought that was pretty cool. No, it was really nice. And some, even then, there was some backstory, like a filler that helped bridge the gap. And then you finally realize what, the, what really happened to certain characters in the um, phase one. So again, kudos all of them and kudos to Chris and Baber for doing this this is absolutely amazing so we get into the chapter one the inspiration and then Kevin Scott was the first person to actually pose the question that fueled the project that will become the High Republic the only crazy thing is she didn't put or else I read it like a few times I didn't see it but I did see it in the Starlight Stories, which we'll get into. She didn't put the question in there. So I was like, what was the question? Because I didn't know. Now, I know I remember hearing the question on the StarWars.com, the High Republic, uh, High Republic videos, the show, I should say. Um, but I, I don't know, it just slipped my mind because I was like, what was the question? But I remember... I was like, oh yeah, what does, you know, such and such, I will get to that question. Let me, let me get to that. 
in the next book. So after that, I wanted to touch on McCaig because Ian McCaig, so concept, he's a concept artist. And I love that he's such a huge fan of Star Wars, clearly, because all of them are. Um, but he used his son's face as a way to do the concept art. And I thought that was beautiful. I love it. And he went ahead and took it a step further and figured, well, let me see if I can do like a Merlin or a Thurian. And that's why I said, like, they were really going out the box. Clearly, it's cool because they have the Western part of it, you know, with the Mandalorian. And, but they wanted to go deeper because this is set in a whole different era, way before the original trilogy. So it made sense to kind of like, well, what about the Merlin era? What about the Arthurian era? the King Arthur uh, era. So they dived into all of that and they did a lot of concept art that dealt with that era. And they kept some of it. There's a little bit in there, but ultimately the concept art did change when they when they finally got it all together. Um, so in chapter two, this was, this was my part. In contrast to the knights of the prequel era, an order so blinded by righteousness that its members fail to see, amid the chaos of war, the rise of the Sith, and their own downfall, the architects of the High Republic set out to realize the apex of the Jedi Order with a humanistic slant. So pretty much what they were saying is that they kept the actual DNA of what the Star Wars is about. Um, but clearly you want to talk about the rise at the highest peak at the time where everything was was great you know you had so much diversity you had so much you know people being able to just roam free walk around you know live survive didn't have that many things going on and um keeping a peace with the chancellors you know before the whole original trilogy happened so I thought that was cool. And then, like I said, the touch on diversity, there wasn't that much to say about the diversity. I really have wanted them to talk to uh, Justina Ireland about it, but I could see that there really wasn't. But I do appreciate the fact that when Kevin Scott and a few of the other artists was creating Keeve Trennis, that the hair was the thing that they needed to get right. And they did their research on black hair because our hair is our life, like that's our crown. So I love how she does have the mohawk, she does have the hair, and then it grows out and it becomes very curly, you know, that's just how it goes um, over time. So it shows the progression from when she started all the way to where she is now. And you see the progression of her hair. And I thought that was very beautiful. I love that touch of detail that they went in with that. Um, 
but yeah, to the to the diversity of it. And I love what Justina Ireland says. So she says, I know diversity came up really early. I don't know who said it, but for me, that's always going to be an important thing because I was the black kid who grew up and I got Lando. Repres representation is super important. I remember how excited I was when Mace Windu came on screen. I was just like, there's a black Jedi. They're not just on Cloud City. So thought that was beautiful. That was the only tidbit that they had on, um, on black representation, which is fine. It wasn't that many, but I do love the fact that they have so many black characters. May, I mean, they may be on art, but they can soon be on screen. So, you know, we have Bell Zetafari, he's black. We have Keith Trennis. Um, oh God, there's so many, there's a few. I wouldn't say that there's many, but there's a few. But um, definitely love the way they use them and giving them a story, especially, I have to say between them two, no, because they both have an equally very compelling story to tell. Not just their story, but what they're going through. Their way of trying to navigate their life. Like, obviously, he, she has a massive scare. And scare is Trandoshan. But I love their dynamic together. Then you have Belle. And he's just really trying to navigate as being a Padawan. And I do believe, does he? Don't he become a Jedi Knight? I think so, but I'm not too sure. Um, no, I think he still is a Padawan. And just him just trying to navigate through through that life, you know, without loading. Um, so yeah, they both have very good compelling stories, compelling backstories and just, you know, it's sad for the both of them. Um, but they just trying to do the best they can and be the best Jedi that they can be. So I, I do love that. Then um, older, Daniel Jose Older, he talks about his comic. Um, because he talks about Lula Talasola and um, Zine. And I love it because that is clearly just two teenagers. Obviously, Lula is a, is a Jedi. And she knows she can't be in love with anyone. But she is falling for Zine. She's just trying to figure it out. But as teenagers, you know, you're going to be like button heads with the other person that you like. You're trying to figure it out. But then also, which one is more important? Is being a Jedi more important or is, you know, being in, being in love? Why can't I have both? What is this about? You know, it's just, I love how he talks about that, that there is this conflict between, you know, these two characters, but also within Lula herself and trying to navigate that through her life. So I thought that was beautiful. Um, next, I do have to say, I would just touch up on Yoda just a little bit. So with Yoda, 
Daniel was Daniel Jose Older was the one who got in to write about Yoda because he's first seen in um in his comic, the Avengers comic. Then we see him again in Midnight Horizon. Yes. So they I remember in here they didn't want to use him too much because it's not about him, but he was clearly during this era. My only issue, <laughs> because I think they're going to have a hard time trying to solidify why did Yoda played the Sith thing, like the whole prophecy that happened with, I'm trying to, um, with Darth Vader, uh, Anakin. Why did he play that down? But then I remember in one of the books that I read, he was like, the prophecy, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. There's no way of us even stopping it. We just got to be ready for when it does. Okay. I get that. But I feel like Yoda just be playing things a little too calmly. But then all of a sudden in the High Republic, even though he was out, <laughs> but he was doing something that was within, that had something to do with the Nile. But even then, I felt like he was doing more in the High Republic than he was in the original trilogy or I should say, in the uh, prequel trilogy. It's just so weird. I don't even think they're going to be able to rectify that. I really don't. Because you can't sit there and tell me that. Oh, he did everything he could. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. They but he didn't do anything. So, but for some reason in the High Republic, Midnight Horizon, he's like, nope, we're, we're here. We're here. No, we need to, we, we got to do something. We got to regroup. This is, this is bad. Dude, when y'all had the sip, it was bad. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see how they handled it. But Daniel Jose Older did a good job. He did a good job. He didn't have to put him in there. I didn't need, need him in there all that much. I really didn't. Um, okay. So then we get the Stellan Geos and they wanted him this is them really thinking outside the box. Let me show this. So they really wanted him to be like a Western, like a cowboy. And I thought that was cool. So they were really thinking outside the box. But ultimately, they figured out, you know, clearly he was just supposed to be like a leader, leader. Um, but I just thought that that was cool. Then they have a bar. Yeah, I could show it. I think this is one of the early concepts. So that's Avar. Then, okay, this here, this is Avar again on this side. Then this here is Elzar Man. Elzar is the man, honey. He is the man. I love him. They don't even have enough in here about him and they just sleeping on him. But I love Elzar. So good. And then they had the um, Buriaga. 
I thought this was cool too. So these are the early concept. I thought these concept art was so awesome. Oh, okay, I kind of figured I had it. So this here, that's the final one. I thought that was cool. They had a wiki, a wiki Jedi. He was so cool. Oh my God. So I did, this is, um, I'm about to show you loading, great storm. I did right. I feel like in the short time we had loading, Soul really did a great job writing his character because I want, I want it more. But now we get those accounts through Bell, him talking about loading all the time. But let me just show, because this is, I love how they did that. Isn't it great? Yeah. That was beautiful. I love that one. I would have to say, like, probably this was, like, my favorite art. Just, I don't know, it's something about the way he has the gold robe on, the, the or I should say the cape, if you want to say. And, um, I don't know, he just looks so regal. So regal. Yeah, it's just beautiful. And then, this one, I do like. I'm going to show this one, because I... I love all of them, but this here, this is obviously when he died, and then you had Ty, Ty Yorick, and Elzar Man going to him, and he's just shriveling away into ash. Oh, so sad, but they, they did a really good job with that one. Oh, okay, so this here, Belle, and then you have Wreath up top though thought that was so cool and then clearly when our hair grows out it can turn into dreads if we wanted to or just a regular afro it just doesn't matter but I love the fact that they went with the dreads I thought that was cool oh and I know if I don't show it because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that love the animals so this is ember I thought that was cool Ember, oh my god, my favorite, my favorite character, Venestra, early, early, very early, I think this is a super early one, because, yeah, because they first had her with an orange lightsaber, but then they went with the purple, and I love that, I do believe somebody came up with that idea, because this here, she has a blue, so there is a difference, but clearly in the final, she has a purple lightsaber that turns into a whip, and I love that, and I, you know, tell you the truth, I love that Justina Ireland, I don't know if it was her that decided on a purple lightsaber, but I do love the fact that that purple lightsaber is here, and it's back, because it, it, solidifies that she really does want to do like a Mace Windu story and try to bring him back but also too like the purple lightsaber is such a it's such a cool story of how Samuel Jackson got got the color that he wanted and he was like yeah why not purple he's like you know what sure <laughs> why not purple and just gave him the purple um I thought that was so cool so it's fun to see that back again then we have Orla She's also my favorite, our way seeker. 
so amazing. And oh my god, of course, Trandoshan scare, master scare, love it. Um, because clearly, except that right. So why not show it? Okay, then we have Keys. Love it. I love that. I think I love this one. No, this one. I love that one more. But there is one that I do love. And if I see it, I will show it to you. Um, let me... Let's see which one I can. Oh, huh. Since we're in phase two, Porter Angle. Yep. Where he is now, our chef. And I did read the, the blade, which was absolutely fantastic. Here we have Comac. And over here, sorry, over here we have Ram. And Ram, come to find out that Ram, Polynesian. Yeah, so he's Polynesian and his weapons is really like his mechanic tools, but he does have a lightsaber, but it's just his tools. That's that's a part of him. And I thought that was pretty cool. I hope we get to see Comac again. I'm pretty sure we'll see him again, but I just, such a complex character. He's like another one that's just very complex, but I love, I don't know, something about him. I just love, I do. Okay, so I know, need to show the droids, so V18, and people that love the character, creatures, Sham. Yep, love it. Cham Cham. It's such a cute name, though. Right. Um, they didn't really have like a good one. They didn't really have like a good one of Farzina in court. Cause that part I was trying. Cause I'm like, if I'm gonna do it, I might as well show all of them. But I think I do have like a better one. But this is all they had of it. So weird. But yeah, those are the art that they had. Um, this here is Lula. Look at that. Beautiful. I thought that was beautiful. I told you I marked everything. I wasn't playing. <laughs> really wasn't. Oh, so Trail of the Shadows, the comic book. So we have Emmerich. And they just only did him very simple. But I... I thought that was very true to his character because that's how he is. And I love this one, um, Buckets of Blood and Yoda. That's so awesome. Or is it Canton Sai? No, it's Buckets of Blood. Yeah, that was right. Um, let me see what else. Oh, and I thought this was great. They actually have a character chart. So it shows like, who is master and apprentice who has been killed off already their connections with each other droids all of that and i thought that was cool um and remember 
So chapter three is we are the Republic, the citizens of the Republic, but that's their motto. And we get the chancellor. So let me see if I can find her. Yeah, I thought this here. Oh my God, is that not stunning? Oh my God, just the fact that the the her lions have like two, four eyes, it's crazy. I don't even think they're considered lions. I know that. Then we have Leo, the Matthew McConaughey. That's what they base the character off of. As long as it looked like he says, all right, all right, all right, they were good. And then you have Geo in a different art until they came up with this final concept. I thought that was cool. Then, my favorite. So, Silvestri, Yaro, and Afi, the pilot, in Into the Dark. And we get to see Silvestri, sorry, Silvestri in, what was it? Out of the Shadows, I think, is when we see her. Yeah. Yeah, Out of the Shadows. Mm hmm. Oh my God, also my favorite, I know. Oh, so yeah, there is one. <laughs> Tyork, my favorite, favorite, favorite. She's our saber for hire and monster killer. <laughs> Love her goddamn lightsaber. Oh my God. I love her lightsaber. Oh, Zine, which I really thought is so beautiful. I love that. I really do. I love that. And let me see what else. Oh, just over here, up whoop, top, uh, Jordana Sparkburn, aka the T. <laughs> okay. Then we have, okay. So over here, this is Silvestri's, no, this is Avon's mother in the green. In the blue, it's Silvestri Yaro's mother. So Avon Staros is daughter to Gero Staros, who's in the green. The blue is Chansey Yaro. That's the mother to Silvestri. And over here on this side, you have the grass. This is the mother to this guy here to that graph, hold on, I forgot his name, Xylan, and then Catriona graph. Yeah, that face tattoo, bruh, bruh. <laughs> then we get the villains in chapter four. So here go the Drangir, which I thought was great. Obviously some of these you've probably already seen but to those who haven't seen it, I just thought it was great. So these here were like early concepts of marking a row. Okay. And then, hold on, because there is this one. So that's some other concept art of Mark and Row. And apparently he has this weapon. 
just like a lightsaber. And they had this whole thing, it was like a chest pack, chest box that allows them to mix different chemicals to form different gases that you can dispose while fighting. So this is kind of breaking down how his gas delivery system works. Mm. Yeah, so very interesting that they had that. Um, and of course my favorite, Lorna D. And they got this off the first try. I just love this one. Yeah, love that one. I'm telling you, Tempest Runner, do not sleep on that book. I love that book, but do not sleep on that book. That book is serious. So this here, up top, that's the doctor in Out of the Shadows, Dr. Mbaka. I hope I said that right. Ukampa, sorry. I knew it was something close to that. So yeah, that's the one, Ooh, honey that Avon had to deal with in Out of the Shadows. Then we have, so Crix up here and Nan, and then this is the full Nan. So she is definitely not to be messed with. And then there was like one photo of like Crix and Mark and Roe. I guess they're trying to show that he will eventually become like him, like a Mark and Roe. Um, they also have like a whole section of just the ships and stuff. So I, but I'm going to skip that and go to chapter six because I thought this was actually great because this is the whole point of it. The Starlight Beacon and all the mechanics of what each thing does on there, which I thought that was beautiful because apparently uh, that was needed in The Fallen Star and Claudia Gray had to work very, very, very closely with Hildago, uh, Pablo Hildago, to find out like what the functions are in there in the Starlight Beacon. And then you get the Maxine station, because that's where the drink gear was. I thought that was great. And then let's see what else. Um, oh, this was very <laughs> early concept, but they took it out. So if you ever like look at this picture, um, the, right here. So there's a um, little Jawa Jedi. I thought that was funny. They were really trying to slip it in there, but they were told to take it out. I thought that was funny. And I'm just gonna show you the poster. That was great. It's just a simple one though. So interesting. It's like, who will survive? Who's gonna die? You know, that type of thing. So this is what I was talking about with keys, key trainers. So she's in the middle and you see her here. So it's short, but it's still a mohawk. And then eventually it grows out and it's in like an Afro, but it's still a mohawk. And I thought that was great. And what else? Okay, so yeah, definitely of what I was seeing. So you see how over here, this is Keith, and her hair is fully out, fully grown out. But I love that here, 
is she has gray hair, like a gray patch. And it just shows like over time, you know, the stress of it and everything, you didn't get gray hairs. But over time, like her hair, oh, it was just amazing. I love that. Just the little details of it. It was just great. So for the Epic Law, they, she just touched up on and I'm pretty sure there will be a book too for that. What I did find interesting in the whole entire book, there was no, no concept art on the Nameless, the Leveler, not even on a comic of the Eye of the Storm, which is very, very interesting. Maybe it will be in book two, but we'll see. But other than that, that was it for this. I hope I was able to touch up on a lot of it. Um, and, oops. Let me put this here. Yeah, so that one was really good. I really, really, really enjoyed it. So kudos to Chris and Baber for that. Now we're going to get to Starlight Stories. Now, this one here has um, Justina Ireland, Kevin Scott, and Charles So. There are short stories in here. It is two of each. So I think in total is like either six or eight. I was just reading, like reading. <laughs> so it's like a, it's like a newspaper. You know how you just pick up a newspaper and it's just like the columns and everything is literally it's like that. I promise you it's like that. So this here is first part is like the introduction, but it's also like an interview. Now remember the question that I said that wasn't in the art book. I said, well, what was the question that Kevin had? you know, mention that open up the the project up and is what scares the Jedi? That was his, that was the question. And then that's how they probably came up with the nameless and a leveler and all of that. Um then I'm not going to because it is a lot to read. It, like I said, just imagine a newspaper and it's just like interview, Q and A you know, all of that. Um, but I do want to touch on, so this was one of the questions, Justina, your High Republic story, A Test of Courage, features the youngest Jedi we know, Vanessa Rowe. What world building did you get to explore with her? The exciting incident of the story is about diplomatic envoy these ambassadors go into inner rim from the outer rim planets. These planets are not part of the Republic. When we get to the Phantom Menace, we see the Senate and there are hundreds and hundreds of planets represented. But at some point, those planets had to decide to join the Republic. So this is that period of expansion. Part of that story is exploring what it, look, what it looks like to be a young Jedi who gets sent on a diplomatic boondoggle which is an official term, and things go wrong that have to be addressed. To have a kid's book that strips away these politics of the larger Star Wars era has always felt wrong. A lot of the conversation in the book is about what happens when certain people didn't want to, when what happens when certain people don't want to join the Republic. 
It's really about giving child characters a moment to have those very adult experiences in a more micro, mic, microcosmic, wait, microcosm type way on a smaller scale. It's about reconciling the idea. Sorry, I have these teachings behind me, but now I'm going up against people who don't have those same beliefs. How do we reconcile and realize that we all want the same things? How do we look at our interactions with one another and make the best choice, not just for ourselves, but for everyone? That was really cool, um, what she said. Yeah, it was just like one of those things. One of the fun things I do love at the very end of this interview, in conclusion, which two words would you use to describe each of your stories? Soul says badass and grand. Older says dangerous shenanigans. Ireland says space hijinks. Grace says surprising space stations. And Scott says epic and personal. And I couldn't agree more. Every one of their books is exactly how they um, describe it. Definitely. So this here, I can put that on. So this here, this is how it looks. So this is part one by Charles Soul, Go Together. And this one here was about Joss Adrian and Pika Adrian. And I do believe that they are in the fallen star. I think they're the thing like Pika, the female, uh, the wife. She's the pilot. And I think Joss is just like, he's just the mechanic of it. I do believe that that's what it is. But in here, it's like a, a little short story about them, husband and wife, and how they, or I should say how Pika noticed that there were some fluctuations going on from the Starlight Beacon. Other than that, don't wanna say too much, but it's just a two part story of them two. And I thought that was, thought that one was cool. Then you have First Duty by Kevin Scott. And this here is about Velko Jahan. And the, she's a Sorkin. I hope I said that right. She's a Sorkin. And she is pretty much like a part of the security team. And she also works very closely with the Mon Calamari, who we do see in Out of the Shadows with Avon. Because that, if you've read the book, I don't want to give that one away. Towards the end, there were things that were going on. And it puts um, the Mon Calamari security at question. And hold on, I was trying to find, I don't know why I forgot her name. Because uh, she is definitely like a big part of this story. I don't know why. Oh, Gaul uh, Tarfin. That's her name. And that story solidifies what happens in Out of the Shadow. That's all I'm going to say that was cool. Then you have a two-part of Hidden Danger by Justina Ireland. So this here was the part one. 
and then part two, Hidden Danger. And then Kevin Scott's Past Mistakes. And then we get to see Avar Chris and Scare. Um, oh, also too, we get to see Avon Starros just for a little bit, not too much. Um, so again, part one, part two of Past Mistakes. And then Shadows Remain, Justina Ireland again. And that's where things like really started to pick up. And then part two of Shadow Remains. So definitely really, really, really good. Really good book. Uh, good short stories, I should say. Then towards the back, you get like each of their story um, of the architect's story. So you get Soul, um, you get Claudia Graves, uh, who else? Kevin Scott. And then you get Dan Jose Older, as well as Justina Ireland. And it's pretty much like all the books that they have written in Star Wars. And I thought it was really cool. So you get to see all of that. You get to read how it, you know, Star Wars affected them now, you know, get to where they are now, how they love it, how it impacted their lives and everything. And I thought it was really cool. So yeah, I mean, go ahead and get it. I, it, it was really, really, really enjoyable. I enjoyed it. It really answered a lot of questions to um, a lot of things that happened in phase one. I hope they do another set for this year, like another set of short stories. I do know that in the art book, there was a particular uh, concept art that they had wanted to do in a book, but they realized that out from what the actual story was so I think they're going to try to do that as a short story I hope they do hope 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 they do so yeah that was it so please do yourselves a favor pick up these books enjoy it read it just love each of the art embrace it it's so good and um we can't wait to see what they do for for um this year uh, if she's, if Kristen Baber is doing one for this year, I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, it was really good. So thanks for tuning in for this book review again for the art of, the, uh, sorry, for the art of the High Republic and for the Starlight stories. Thank you. This is the way. Peace. Peace.